variety. It's not too often that a player will get their own little special episode like this. But Trevor Spoke is about to play his 300th game for the Port Adelaide Footy Club. An incredible man of Port Adelaide. Um, he's shown us some incredible resilience, uh, loyalty through tough times, as well as being part of some of our great, greatest memories. Here's to you, Trav, getting your own episode. Can't fucking wait to watch the game tomorrow. Let's go. Fucking hero, Travis Spoke. I'm so fucking excited to talk about him for just, I don't know how long this will go, 15, 20 minutes, I don't fucking know. I just wanted to do an episode just paying tribute to Trav, you know, as I uh, remember to fade the music out as I'm going. I should I should do this, like, I should plan this a little bit more, but who fucking cares? I'm talking about Travis Spoke. I'm excited. I'm a little bit emotion- emotional about it. This is a bloke that's been a part of our lives for a long fucking time now. Um... You know, and it's amazing to think that uh, it's just the second player to play 300 because there's so many players um, in Port Adelaide history that have been a part of our lives. Um, you know, even when we go back before um, the AFL era, when we're talking about, um, you know, Russell Ebert and um, players of that ilk that played um, a large number of games. But uh, you know, it's amazing to think in the AFL area with the amount of, amount of players that hung around for a long time and been massive heroes for us that they're... Travis Spoke is only the second one to reach 300 games. And I think that shows when you think about it in the sense of a lot of players played a lot of footy and a lot of players felt like they were around for a long time and they were. But to actually play 300 games is such a hard feat. Um, I think he might be, um, I remember reading an article earlier, only the 92nd player in the AFL VFL era to get there. And that shows, even though we feel like we see, you know, you, you, we saw Jack Revolt just get there a couple uh, last week. And then we've got Travis Burke in there this week, and it's just like, oh, you know, th- but this 300-game thing is actually a real hard thing to get to. And the amazing thing is Travis Burke has reached it playing an incredible level of footy still. He finished second in the Brownlow just last year. If he'd gotten over the line against, unfortunately, Lockheed Neal had a great year. Um, not as great as Burke, but I can say that because I'm biased. Um, but uh, he, you know, he would have been the oldest player to win it, I think, if, if he'd had won it last year. And they, But he's just to be there up at the, the pointy end of the... Um, the count uh, just shows, and he was the All Australian Vice Captain last year as well. He's playing that level of footy at this age, and he's and he's still just getting better. And he keeps talking about wanting to play to four hundred games, and fuck it, he could do it. Um, the way he's going, um, he's an incredible, an incredible man, an incredible man of Port Adelaide, and playing at a high level still now that makes his three hundredth game absolutely earned. But uh, it's just his journey to get there has just been one that is so synonymous with what makes supporting Port Adelaide so special and, and supporting the players that um, really care and deeply love our club so special as well. And particularly a player that comes from outside of the state, outside of the, well outside of the Port Adelaide, you know, the catchment area of old days or whatever. 
Um, he's well outside of all that, but he's come over and um, and that's what's the great thing about Port Adelaide, uh, I guess, to start off with, is it is a place that um, with a, such a strong culture and history and, and, and a sense of place and being, um, you can it can welcome in players from, and, you know, certainly his, his beginnings at Port Adelaide weren't easy. Well, the first year was good until a certain point, which we won't talk about too much, but... Um, you know, the next few years were pretty tough and um, probably a hard place to be at times, but such is the resilience of the man and such is the, the I think the beyond, it was a fractured club at the time and a lot of things weren't great, but it's also a testament to what was there beneath that. There was still such a proud history and a proud club there that was just on its knees, that's all, and it just needed someone to lift it up and I felt... And Travis Boat was just the perfect man to be there at the time. And it's amazing just how history works that, you know, any other player draft in that position that is that skilled and that good um, could have easily been, you know, a Patrick Dangerfield at the Crows that leaves at the first chance that he really can. But Boke stuck around through all that, you know, and it's not like it was even, he was just leaving because he wanted to, it was like the club was really, really in a bad place. It would have been, you know, I don't think too many people would have been, it would have just been like, oh, he's gone home and the club was shit. Like, but he stuck around. That's such a, I think such an important part of his story. Um, and I think probably it, it, it is the thing that I, I, I think a lot of people have said that this week too, just keeping an eye on socials, different comments and different things that people have been talking about, um, is how impressed people were by that. Yeah, and, and it's not like we should just be like, oh my God, he wants to stay with us. But it, it it was such a dark time and it was Geelong who had just won the last premiership um, coming up, you know, and the story is well known now, I think, but it is an incredible story really, just how that happened in 2012 with the, you know, I think it was what Chris Scott, um, Joel Selwood and uh, Bartell flying over to Adelaide, you know, and it's, it's fucking, it's a dick move. Let's be real. Um <laughs> They talk about it like, oh, it's nothing. We just came over, just chilling, just come over to see him. And it's like, no, you could do that over the phone. You don't need to do that. That that is a that is a power move. That's what you're trying to alpha the fuck out of the guy and um and try to get him over and and alpha the club as well. That's what they were trying to do. But um, yeah, I think that's an incredible thing that with that kind of move and that kind of desperate desperate act by Geelong, the club that is the closest to where he's from. Um, an easy hometown pull, and we've seen that hometown pull used time and time again in the AFL. That um, that happened, and the club he was at was really struggling at the time. Um, that he stayed, and I think that just the level of commitment and passion and love he has for Port Adelaide as a club, and certainly probably the teammates he had around him at the time as well. Certainly, it wasn't, you know, coaches. You know, I think you know later that year we were getting a new coach, and things weren't stable in that sense. But he. There was a drive and a love, and he something in Port Adelaide had made him fall in love and 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 want to stay here and want to be a part of something better. And he, he believed in what Port Adelaide is and the club and the ethos and everything that is makes Port Adelaide great and has made Port Adelaide great in the past. Even though it wasn't great at the time, he knew there was something there and he wanted to be a part of it. And that is incredible. And I think there's something in the articles about that great that crazy time when they flew over and Jimmy Bartel. I think he said it best. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, just re- remembering the quotes from the article. But he said, he, he basically said, all the reasons um, that we wanted Boke, because of the great bloke he is, the great player he is, and the passionate man he is, the great leader he is, and the deep love he has for the things that he, like the reasons, the reasons that make him the great man he is, 
we knew were the reasons we were never getting him. And they knew within five... Bartel says he knew within five minutes of their meeting, them sitting there with Boak and presenting their pitch, that he they weren't getting him. That's what Bartel said. Anyway, I don't know how Selwood and Scott felt, but that's Bartel's words. He he said that, that everything that makes... you know Even though he was sitting there politely listening to their pitch or whatever, he just they, he just said there was something in him. That he said that he's not, he's not leaving this club. And that's incredible. That's just so incredible that um, great <laughs> Jimmy Bartel is one of the greatest players of the, you know, he's he's probably undersung a little bit these days. I don't hear him like people talk about. Obviously, Gary Ablett is um, who he is. Selwood's still there. Bartel winning Brownlow's back in 07. And I think, I can't remember if he won another one or not, but he was, he, um, he was such an incredible player. And when you got a player like him sitting there and then Selwood, who was, I think, drafted in the same draft as Boke and, you know, sitting there and, pitching this club that's near your hometown and and just won the premiership and for Bartel to say that he sat there and just knew he wasn't coming because the things that make this man great are the reasons he's going to stay at Port Adelaide that just makes me so proud to read um to know that that was um that's kind of how Bartel read it a player of that um and certainly folks um you know, he's he's a, he's an all-time great himself, but Bartel is the great um, player he was at the time and, and the history he had as a um, Brownlow winner and all that. For him to see that and say that and and see that in Boke about and that like love and commitment to the Port Adelaide Footy Club is incredible. And that makes me so proud to read that kind of thing. And that was such a crucial time for our club. You know, if players like Boke were going to start leaving at that time, it would have set us back with that. when Once we got the new regime in and everything that started happening, you know Keith Thomas, um, you know, he, and he, he, he's he's pretty scathing in his criticism of that, that whole thing. You know, Geelong tried to um, pass it off as no, nah, no, nah, it was coming over. We didn't want to expect it to be anything big, but um, a great time. You know, in early, uh, not social media being away f- around for a fair while in 2012, but the amount, the, the the viral nature of how they found out that people found out that Geelong were, you know, photos of them at the air arriving in Adelaide and all that stuff. It's one of those early moments of how how powerful social media can be and, and just blowing up what was a stealth mission that Geelong were attempting that just completely blew up and everyone knew they were here. Um, but, yeah, it's just um, an incredible time for our club that, you know, later in the year we get um, Hinkley in to, to coach and, you know, Hinkley said himself, and there's a great social the video that Port Adelaide put out this week with a few people talking about, um, you know, their, their recollect or their... Their reflections on Boke. Um, I was going to say recollections. He's still there. Their reflections on Boke and what he means. And, um, you know, Hinkley's really, you know, honest in saying how important he was to have such a strong leader and such a, such an incredible man to to name as captain in your first years as a senior coach. And, you know, who, who knows what happens um, if he doesn't have Boke there as, and coming in as and if everything else is the same. You know, Hinkley comes in and all the, all the other players stay the same, but Boke's gone. I can't imagine things would be incredibly different. Um, he was such a crucial part of, you know, Hinkley was, um, came in and, and, and then, you know, Kosh and all the regime change that happened at Port Adelaide and how they changed things. But, you know, Boke was such a crucial part of that as well, even though he'd been here for a long time before that. He was like the, he was the one on the field that was going to push that ethos and he stayed because he believed in that, even though things were not good. So I think there's a lot of things that I, that I love about Boke and, and but that time, it's just such a um, such a crucial one for me because I remember that. I remember um, I was living in the US at the time, but I was back for um, summer break over there. It's winter here, um, but summer there. And I just remember this, the stress of that time and just one, and, the, the, and the unknowns. But when, when Boke stuck by, it just was such a weight off the shoulders. Like, you know, maybe things, you know, Boke, 
um, who has all that pull. And, you know, the hometown stuff, again, is just something that happens. You know, I remember Josh Carr leaving us back and devastated me in 2004 when Josh Carr left after the premiership because um, he was probably one of my favourite players at the time. Um, and still, I, Josh Carr, I love, love, loved him and loved everything he did and the fact he came back and won us a few more showdowns. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, it's, it's like there is that hometown thing that happens a lot in the AFL. And... Um, I was it was such a weight off your shoulders once you knew you were staying. I was like, and with every the, the horrible couple of years that had been before that, I was like, maybe just maybe everything's going to be okay because Boke's sticking by. He believes we should believe as well, and that's just such an important thing to me and my feelings about who Boke is. And I think that just sums up who he is as man as well as well as what Bartel said about him um, is incredible as well. So um, yeah, and then we go and yeah, just that's just one of the great moments. I'm gonna take him just a second here i'm going to pause it for a sec on the recording and i'll be right back as far as what you hear but i was just going to pour another beer and just gather my thoughts again because i got just just so much emotions talking about that moment both with the the stress it was and then just how proud i am that he that everything that happened there and he, he stuck by us through all those dark times so i'll be right back once i pour a beer and gather myself for a second oh fuck i love you trap all right i poured another beer and gather my thoughts a little bit Next thing I wanted to talk about, and it's really kind of fun for me to talk about as a as a little just personal favorite thing of mine is that um you know all the way back in round twelve um, Sunday the seventeenth uh, of June two thousand and seven um, a day at football park crowd of twenty five thousand two hundred forty two people uh, Travis Boak made his debut I was at that game. Um, I didn't go to it because a bloke the name of Travis Boak was making his debut. Of course, I didn't know how what player he was going to turn into be. Um, I was a 19-year-old Port fan. I, you know, I've been a Port fan all my, all my life as soon as I knew what footy was. Um, but, you know, I was I was 19 years old. I was probably, you know, extracurriculars as far as just blowing my entire paycheck from working on the farm every weekend in, in town and, and doing stupid things. Um, I didn't go to the footy as much. I didn't have a membership or anything at the time. I was just... Um, young lad working on the farm and um being stupid otherwise but um yeah it was i was still obviously a port fan a massive port fan all my life and um i was going to the game i was able to get tickets for the game because i wanted to go it was warren treadway's that's the thing is it's funny how all things these things work out but it was warren treadway's uh 200th game that day um so a few amazing things about that day is warren treadway's 200th game so that's why i was there I uh, wanted to see him play the game, and he, he he had a good game. He kicked four goals. I um, mean, part of a massive win over us, and it should have been more. Um, do you remember? I was trying to work out why I was disappointed. I remember thinking, like, we won by thirty-one points. It was fine. I remember walking out of that game just being like, "What the fuck?" And then, like, I've looked back and looking at the advanced stats of the game, we we're up by sixty-nine points at fucking three-quarter time, and then he kicked two points to uh, six goals four in the last quarter. So Essendon had a massive last quarter, but obviously with being down by 69 points, um, there's been a lot of talk about Essendon coming back from 69 points a few years before that um, against the Kangaroos and what was the biggest comeback in AFL history, AFL VFL history, I think. But um, yeah, um, wasn't going to be that day because we were up by 69 at three-quarter time. So it's probably a bit of a bridge too far. But um, yeah, it was a pretty dominating port, for, port performance that day. Warren Treadway's 200th game is the first part of that day. That is um, the, the reason I was there was obviously I wanted to see Treadway's 200th game. He's one of my all-time favorite port players and do have some Warren Treadway merch coming soon without finally going to do an, another order um, with our um, little the shop that we've got with little Creed bits we do. 
Um, but yeah, it was um, that was the reason I was there. I was a little. It was a Sunday afternoon game. I think game started. Fuck knows what time. Um, I think it was like a later afternoon game. I think it went into the evening. Um, so maybe a twilight or mid afternoon game. Um, so yeah, there was there to see Warren Treader play his two hundredth game, and you know that was what ended up being a pretty good season for Port up until um, a day we shall not speak of in this podcast too much, apart from mentioning where it needs to. Um, but yeah, I was there for that, and then um, I d- the Trevor Spokes game was unremarkable. It was his debut. He had nine disposals, which was um, seven handballs and two kicks and a mark. Uh, not too much else, then a tackle in there and a couple of tackles, and that was about it. Um, at 18 years old and 320, 320 days, he played his first game for Port Adelaide. And it's incredible to think that um, his career crosses over with so many of our heroes from the 2004 Premiership. You look through the lineup of that day, you know, you've got Bro- we'll read through it now, you've got Brogan, Ber- Brogan the two Burgoynes, Cassisi, um, the two Corns, um, Brendan Laid, um, looking down the list there, Thurston, Shredray, Wakeland, Wilson. You know, there's such a uh, long list of players there that were part of our first generation. You know, a lot of those guys started in the late 90s. And uh, it's, and that's 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 time. That's how time and careers work. But it's just in- incredible that Travis spoke playing his 300th game for us tomorrow night has gone through so... As, has got a link to those that and certainly Robbie Gray as well, and I'll get to Robbie's Robbie's great performance in this game in a sec too. Just as a side note to it as well, um, but yeah, it was um, just incredible to see like how Travis Spokes' career crosses over with so many, so many of our greats from our first great generation, and he's gone through a few great generations of uh, teams here himself. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't tasted the ultimate success, but that's coming for Trav because he's going to hang around for a few more years, and and we're going to get there. But um, knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, it's just that shows kind of the longevity of his career that his first game was in featuring so many of these players and he played a fair bit more footy with a few of them. And, um, you know, Darrell Wakeland was playing to game 257 that day. Um, Kane Corn, who he's going to match the game's record with um, tomorrow night, was only on game 127 at that point. You know, it, he's played so much bloody footy and so much good footy and, and, and been part of some great teams. And yeah, just his first day. He was. I don't. I remember hearing his name that day. I remember looking at team sheet and going, "Oh, yeah, we've got the debut debut kid. Cool. Um, that's dope." Um, Westoff was playing his third game, and I think Robbie Gray was only playing his third game as well. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, Boke was the debut kid, and I was like, "Oh, cool." You know, it's, and I remember the the key thing I remember walking out of that game because I remember Boke like uh, like I said, it was he had nine disposals. It wasn't like he lit the lit the um. Lit the stat sheet up with like a, a 20, 20 plus disposal debut or anything like that. But I remember being like, he look, he's he's just a, he looked he looked the part um, at that point already. And I just remember thinking, oh, the the thing that I honestly remember walking out of that game is the other thing is you know Robbie Gray got his rising star nomination in that game, kicked a bag of four. I remember walking out of that game. Like the main thing I remember thinking is, oh, Westhoff looks he looks like he's a good player to watch him because I think this is the first time I saw both of those guys in person. I think, geez, Westhoff's a funny looking kid, but. Um, He's got some talent about him, and fuck that Robbie Gray's good, and he got the Robbie, he got the rising star, and that's the ironic thing is, you know, Travis Boke has superseded all these guys um, as being one of the true great, and Robbie Gray still obviously injured at the moment, but um, he will be back, and he's he's one of the all time greats as well. But you know, this game that Boke made his debut in, um, you know, there's so many memories beyond that. But um, that's the day that's the day it all started, and and he didn't lose his spot after that. He played throughout the rest of the season, um, right through that. Um, again, that day we're not going to mention too much. And 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 his career is just he hasn't missed a beat since. And so it's um, 
a cool personal memory of mine, even though I don't, I honestly can't say I remember much about um, his, you know, influence on the there or that day. I remember knowing he was playing his debut game and being like, oh, cool, you know, debut kid. Like, because always, you always just think, sit there and think, oh, it's cool to be at a guy's debut game. Um, so I, I made a point to remember that for and for this moment, fucking 14 years later, um, because it's cool to just remember that and and it, it is a sad thing that i was thinking like all last week and all the last probably last couple of months i've been thinking when once we realize that his 300 could potentially be the collingwood game um uh, as the fixtures were shaking out and when he missed that game um it was that's the way it looked and i was just like fuck i'm gonna bit get to say i was at his first game and his 300th game but as it's as, as it's shaken out as i said in the preview it's not meant to be but um regardless of that um you know it this whole COVID stuff is tough on everyone. The best thing we can do is celebrate him no matter what. And he knows and he's seeing it all. And there's been some great stuff on social media, both from Port and then from Port fans. And um, the pair with um, Alessiani did a great tribute video. He's done some great work around Boke and the Boke stuff. And um, definitely go and check that stuff out in the Port pair, the, the pair YouTube. And, um, you know, it's just great. And that's the kind of the, so the measure of the man is just how much respect he has um, around the league, but particularly Port fans, just we know we just he's got such a upper level of appreciation due to just all those things I said before as well about how he stayed and stuck around in the dark times and has led us through some and you know the ultimate success has not quite been there, but he's led us through um, some incredible successful periods beyond that, like just some great footy, some some of our best memories, whether they whether or not he's the forefront of them, whether it be you know the the um, you know, the showdown wins where, you know, it's Robbie Gray kicking bags of five and other guys, you know, the Angus Monfrey's got like he's been he's there in all those memories though. He's he's part of those games. And part of the reason we're in those games and winning those games is because he's doing so much of the work. And that's like, you know, so many of our great memories, if you look back on them in the last fourteen years, it's gonna be Boke is gonna be right there in the mid midst of it. And that's what's wonderful about a player of his ability. But beyond his ability, his um his qualities as a human being are what show on the field too, because because he's such a great man. He's such a he loves Port Adelaide. And it's not like he's a he's not a showman. He's not a yeah. You know, and by showman, I mean like you know the Uracamanises or you fucking Kaffers, those you know those crazy motherfuckers that um that absolutely live for being in the spotlight. Boke certainly doesn't shy away from it or anything like that. But he's just a worker. He's such a hardworking footy player. But he's a classy footy player as well. He knows. He knows how much it means to fans. He knows what he knows the business of footy. He knows what it, but he 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 finds this line of understanding the business of footy, but understanding the passion of footy and understanding what it means to fans. You know, yes, there are things that happen in footy that are business orientated, and that's what it is being a professional game. But he doesn't lose sight of the fact that this game is for the fans and and for the people and, 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 and also the fact that, you know, you, you can have a life outside of footy and all those things. He's just got the perfect balance of understanding how footy is meant to be a part of life rather than, you know, it just a just an, a symbiotic relationship with everything that's going on in your life. And that's what's wonderful that Travis spoke. I'm not sure if I'm explaining how what I, what is going on in my head right, but I hope it's getting through to you the point that how much of a kind of bloke he is that he just understands what footy means without letting it define everything about and and overwork the way you you look at it he's just he's found this balance with everything he does with how he trains because he's the ultimate fan it's well known 
um, I think across the league now, just how well he takes care of his body. And he does put so much time into his body and everything. And he knows what it takes to be a, a massive, to be the uh, the footy player he is. And he puts that dedication into it. But he also finds a way to enjoy life, you know, whether it be surfing and, and, and the other things outside of footy that he enjoys, you know, golf and all those things. You know, and that's what's incredible about him um, is that he's found that balance. And I think that's incredible thing to be um to commend as well because we want players to you know you know some fans i think um certainly when ollie wines was hurting hurting himself water skiing and whatever it was like something you know you, you want to wrap them up in bubble tape and um bubble wrap and not have them do anything apart from footy but that's not reality we've got to accept these guys are human beings that have interests outside of it and, um you know charlie dixon with his cars and both of the surfing and all those things as that, that is something we should actually lift up and commend because that's what keeps them playing footy for a long time. You know, Boke is talking about playing footy until he's 40 at times, you know, whether it's an off-the-cuff remark or certainly for him, I think it's a serious thing. And he's like, as long as his body's good and he feels good, he'll keep playing. And that's because of the, the, the attitude he takes towards life and footy and everything around him and as well as giving back to the community, um, with, certainly with his childhood cancer um, and he's got such a love for that kind of stuff as well. And that's, I think, again, that's just the measure of the man. He, without singing to the heavens about what he's doing, he just does it. He's so, the selfless nature of, and that I think, and you don't, you could bring that, me bringing that up might sound like I'm just trying to say, oh, this is how good, but that that is, all these things roll themselves into being the footy player you are because if you've got a selfless nature about you as far as what you give back to the community and particularly with charities like that and stuff like that, that becomes part of that's that that innate nature in in yourself to do those kind of things is a part of the footy player you grow into and become as well, and we've certainly seen he's selfless on the field. He he gives so much to the game without um, asking for anything to come out of it. You know he, he's almost won Brownlow's because of it, but he, it's not that he's asking for that. It's just what comes out of it. Um, is that kind of result, and that's just again the measure of the man is that all these things roll into the being the player he is and the man he is and has become and that's what has given us the 300 the about to be 300 game player that he is and that's a wonderful achievement and a wonderful thing to remember is that um just how much all of what he does is giving back to the community but giving back to Port Adelaide and us fans as well and that's what you know, we don't, we can't ask for anything more from Travis Boke at this point. He's given us now almost 300 and about to give us his 300th game and he doesn't look like he's slowing down either. And that's um, just a wonderful thing to remember is like everything that happens and, the, you know, goes into being the, the man he is, is what has given us the player he is. And that's just wonderful to remember. So again, I'm going to take a short break, gather my thoughts because I started rambling there just because I was thinking about just how Great he is, which I'm sure you'll understand, and um, I'll be back in a back in a sec as well, again with another beer. There's been some great stories uh, this week with Boak. Um, a lot of a lot of fans putting out there, like I said, um, that the, the pair video is great with the fans tribute. Um, again, go watch that if you haven't. Um, but then whether it be just the tweets, the Facebook posts, it's been great to see um, everyone just getting around it, and um, people are putting their scarves out for Bokey since they can't go to the game again, which is great with um, the Never Terrace part stuff and all that stuff. Um, it's incredible just to see. And it's, again, it's the measure of the man to show how much respect he has um, around the league, and particularly with Port Adelaide fans, of course, um, how much respect is there and the things that are being said. It's all overwhelmingly positive because of the man he is and all those things he does to make up the player, not just the player he is, but the man he is. One of my favourite posts I saw today 
on Facebook though was um, Jackson Trengove, which is an incredible one to see because you know Trengove, like Boke, was one of the ones that really stuck around in those dark times, and uh, and were kind of the the forefront of the leadership and the and the the veteran the leadership we needed going into this next phase after those dark times and the the early 2010s and all that and coming into this period of time under Hinkley um the likes of uh, not like just Boke but Trengove was one of those players that stuck around and and showed his loyalty and and was really and is still just such a great a man that really seems to love Fort Adelaide and everything that is about Fort Adelaide I just want to read out his his post on Facebook kind of sums up what I was trying to say um in the last 10 minutes about Boke and all the things that make him who he is um, as a player and a man and the, and the man that has gotten to 300 games for us. So I'll just read it out now and um, hopefully Jackson Trengove doesn't mind me reading it out on his behalf. On the, He's posted on Facebook. So, But uh, yeah, I hope I do it justice by just reading it um, to show kind of um, show what he means to the players as well. So this is what Jackson Trengove, Trengove uh, wrote on Facebook. Travis Boke, congratulations on 300 games, mate. This guy means so much to Port Adelaide people. He bleeds black, white, and teal. Absolute pro on field. The way he prepares his body to be the best is second to none. The things that I admire about Trav are his amazing football skills, unbelievable leadership, endless work rate, team-first attitude, and determination to be the best. But the thing I admire most is the person Travis is off the field. The things that happen behind closed doors that nobody sees. When other players are enjoying their weekly day off, Trav is visiting sick kids at the Childhood Cancer Association, cheering up their day and allowing them to smile while doing it tough, taking their minds away from the reality of treatment by spending time answering their questions and getting to know these young kids and supporting endless charities. He was always the first to say yes and help me when I ran all my charity events, someone that listens, helps and gives advice. Incredible player, person, teammate, leader and friend. Heart emoji. Enjoy tomorrow night, and I hope the boys get the W for you. Well done, Skipper. I think that just sums it up. He's, um, you know, it's such a all that all that there is just what you know. So many words about leadership, being a great bloke, and all that stuff, and that's what we've all that's what we've said. And I think that's just um again the measure of the man, how much you respect he has around the league, and and particularly with um him as well. I, I was looking at what he's been saying about the players, the people that are meant a lot to him in his career because he's been doing a lot of reflection himself. Um, and uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, I think the one that, um, and I mentioned Hinkley before, and I'll, I'll play the video before that, that to show what the people said at the end of the, the pod just to, so if you haven't seen it, you can get it, get a, there's some humor in it with Rosie's comments about hating him when he was younger and stuff. But um, I thought one thing that was interesting was how, how much, you know, Hinkley said about how much, he leaned on Trav as his captain early on as a as a young coach, but um you know Boke, what he says about Hinkley is that he gets cr- criticised way too much, which hurts at times because what he's meant to myself and so many of these players is huge. Um, he has he has his office open a lot along the journey, and I've had a lot of good deep chats with Kenny along the way. Um, you know, it's, it's something to remember when and like I try to I I do criticise Hinkley a lot, and I try to maintain some level of um like disconnect from actually getting too, you know, because people do um, get quite, can get quite nasty at times about how they talk about Hinkley and and, it, and that kind of shows that people do, these players do see it and listen to it and, and it, you know, it does make me feel a bit guilty about things I've said about Hinkley at times and it shows that Hink, both how much Hinkley and Boke have meant to each other along that journey. I think that's something important to remember. Um, 
yes, we do need to get the results and the the wins and the um and the the premiership as well. And Hinkley does have there is detractors to the game plans and stuff like that. But it's, I think it's it does show how much you know uh, Boke's journey has been very much defined um, by his relationship with Hinkley as well. And I think that's um something important to remember is um. While we're celebrating Boke 300, it's, um, you know, Boke still playing at this level and playing, you know, there's a lot down to his preparation himself. But uh, I think um, with, with those comments, I can only assume um, reading into him is that Hinkley has meant a lot to Boke and kept him kept him probably pretty happy at the club too. And that's something we've got to, we've got to thank Hinkley for as well. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, Williams gave him the start and gave him the, got him drafted and all those things. But then um, Hinkley's certainly been the probably the most consistent part of Boke's journey and, and certainly a happy part of the journey from the sounds of it and kept him probably pretty happy and content and peace of mind as a Port Adelaide player. You know, things on the field haven't gone great all the time, um, even under, under Hinkley, obviously. But um, Boke's happy and playing, and playing, you know, just great footy at this point of his career as well. And that's as much, I think, down to Hinkley keeping him keeping him happy as well. So that's something to commend. Um, and I certainly I don't bring that up. I only bring that up because I saw both comments in the articles this week about as he's reflecting on his 299 games going into his 300th. Um, part of his reflection was about um, Boke shaping him as a player and a person. So that's part of it. That's part of the journey to 300 games. And Hinkley's certainly been, about been a part of it. And we've got to thank him for that and what he's done in keeping Boke... Um, you know the player is you know taking him from the player he was, which was already an incredibly talented young player and a, and a leader as well. I think um, keeping him on the path that he's that he's at at this point now as well. So he's a massive part of the journey, and it's it's wonderful. But um, to finish out, I think I should just play this the video from um, the that the players and and they did this week. Um, I'm sure plenty have seen it. It's got 1,200 views on Facebook, so certainly plenty have seen it. But I'll play it here now um, so you can hear kind of some of the humorous anecdotes and, and as well as just the respect that he's got from so many players. Bokey's obviously playing his 300th game. He's a bit of a Benjamin Button. Here's Boke, bullocks his way through, no problem at all. My earliest memories of him are just similar to what I'm experiencing now. He's just a consummate professional. He's the hardest trainer and he has a, a drive that, you know, everyone else just aspires to have. He's so focused on what he wants to achieve, out of footy and out of being human. And I mean, he's a great teammate, and a great bloke to be able to hang around every day. Through the middle, fantastic tackle by Boke. I think I was very fortunate to have been led by Boki for a few years, and that whole time I was just basically taking mental notes and how to be a great leader, so I was very fortunate in that respect. Oh, just his work rate, you know, he doesn't stop all game. He will work over his opponent and just keep running and running and his selfless acts. Now he's out there blocking for me for a lot of the time. And for him to finally get the recognition he deserves in the last few years has been unbelievable. And he does above and beyond what you'd expect from a human being sometimes, you know. So he's a special man, Trav, and, and I love him. Travis Boat, the captain, and he delivers. My earliest memories of Travis Spoke was hating him, actually. I was a St Kilda fan, so I had a genuine hatred for Port Adelaide growing up and hated everything about Port Adelaide, hated Travis Spoke, hated Robbie Gray, all the big dogs. But yeah, since, since coming to the club, obviously, that's, that's changed pretty quickly. He's actually my mentor, so I spent a fair bit of time with him on and off the field. He's been absolutely amazing since I came to the club. Oh, what a strike from Travis Spoke! Trev Boke. 
playing 300 games is, is remarkable. And, you know, we made him captain in my, my first year. He was the obvious leader. When you become a senior coach for the first time, your captain is so important to you. So much the right-hand man and, you know, he plays a significant role for you. I couldn't have wished to have a better support person as captain as, as Travis was for me in, in my first few years here at this footy club. I think early days, Particularly when he took the captaincy my first year at the club, along with Ken coming on board. I remember when we were still playing at Amy Stadium, some of the big goals he kicked in, in games to get us over the line. The captain, through traffic, for the first time tonight, put Adelaide in front. I guess just the, the amount he's got out of his career and out of his body is, is something testament to himself and why he's sort of getting to 300 games. He leaves no stone unturned and his preparation and, and wanting to be the ultimate professional and it's something that myself and I know all of our group looks up to him. Now 32, 33 years old but he's still on top of his game and playing some of the best we he's ever been playing so that just shows what kind of character he is. I didn't know him at the time but we played against his other in under 18s footy and I was playing for Oakley Chargers, he was a Geelong Falcons boy and then probably our first memories meeting him at the airport when we were coming across for the for the first time. And then that's a great goal! A great goal by the skipper! I think there's a, a lot of things that, that make him special. You know, on the training track, looking after his body, the work he does away from the club. Obviously, amazingly talented, but the work he's put in to be the best that he can be, I think, is what makes him stand above and be able to play 300 games. He's very driven and probably makes him, you know, pretty anal. Like, he's a fussy eater. He's a fussy sleeper, he's just a routine man, you know, like, he needs all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. I love that from um, Jonas at the end there. It was Jonas, uh, Charlie Dixon, Jonas then Charlie Dixon, then um, Connor Rosie, this former St Kilda fan, <laughs> just talking about how much he hated him. I love that, by the way. Um, because that's footy, you know, these guys come up as fans of other teams and they get drafted. Um, then you got Ken Inkley chatting and Ollie Wines and then uh, Robbie Gray talking about coming over as um, them being Oakley Chargers and, and um, Geelong Falcons boys. And uh, I think actually from the Robbie Gray, uh, the when they did the Robbie Gray tribute a few weeks ago, Boke mentioned not liking Gray that much because they played against each other and then not talking too much until they got to the club which is funny, and Robbie was respectful enough to bring that up this <laughs> the other way around. Um, but yeah, Jonas talking about um, how anal he is. Uh, Jonas's words, not mine. Um, but that's that's like what I was talking about before, about the balance he's found. He's just found this, and that's that's what makes him happy, and that's what makes him the footy player is. And so the important thing when we're talking about footy players is whatever makes them tick um, to be happy in life, and playing good footy, we've just got to, everyone's got different journeys to being who they are. You know, Travis Boak, what it makes him who he is, is, is being anal. There are some other players are probably going to be, you know, guys like, again, uh, you know, going to the other side of the spectrum, guys like Akamanis with completely different preparations, I'm sure, and players, and certainly he was a pest on the field and a pest, um, somewhat of a pest off field as well, but um, they were both, incredible at what they did and that's what makes footy great um, and what makes sports great in itself is there's um, whether whatever sport you're looking at whether it be basketball you know you could compare um, Travis and what he does with his body to the likes of LeBron because you know he spends millions of dollars every year to take care of his body and keep him at the level um, and considering the longevity of his career and what Travis is trying to do there's a very 
very uh, definitive um, comparison to be made between those two kind of players. And then you have other guys that just prepare differently and have equally great careers, and that's what it is. But that's what's respectful about Bo. He just goes about what he does um, in a non-plus, non-fuss way. Um, He's fussy about what he eats and stuff, as Jonas said, but he doesn't... You know, it's just who he is, and um, that's what's so respectable about him is he's, he does have this very, while all that stuff seems annual, he's also um, seems to have a very relaxed outlook on life as well as what he does outside of that is um, he enjoys his other sports and his surfing and and getting the best out of life in a more in a, in a relaxed fashion as well, and that's that's just so respectable that he's found a way to enjoy life, enjoy footy, and in a way that makes him draw an incredible drive to be successful in footy because he's got everything else in life um great and you know he's got his own the business with rogers underwear and all that stuff like it's just an incredible achievement what he's done with his life to get to this point in footy be playing the level of footy years um uh, be playing the level of footy years and want to go on and play it for a few more years as well as just um be be happy and content and everything that he's doing so i just can't respect the man enough as a as no, you know, as a fan of Port Adelaide and just wanting Port Adelaide results, that's you know what he's done for Port Adelaide on the field is enough. Um, we've loved everything he's done, but what makes him so much more respectable and why we love him so much is everything he does off the field and who he is as a man. And that's what I think it's the ultimate toast you can make to him is we love everything you've done on the field. Um, we we adore everything you um, we we love everything you've done on the field, but we absolutely adore you for adding on to that everything you do off the field and and being the man he is so that's probably the best way i can finish is there's an absolute adoration for the man he is um because you know there's plenty of players that come and go and and we love them all uh, for what they've done for adelaide but we absolutely adore it because uh, adore travis spoke for what he means to us um as fans as what he because he's just such a true man of Port Adelaide and what we what the best kind of people we want to see we want to see the best in humanity um representing our club and Travis Spokes certainly absolutely represents one of the you know just an incredibly human being um incredibly kind-hearted and selfless uh, human being as well as an incredibly fucking talented footy player that we're incredibly happy to have um just um collecting possessions and doing great things for us on the field so cheers to you Trav um I just can't wait to see um, what happens tomorrow. Um, just, just, it's just to celebrate the man. I know it's, it's it bloody sucks um, to have to deal with not being able to be there, but uh, that's just the times we're living in. But um, yeah, cheers to you, Trav, um, our hero, my hero, everyone's hero. And I think the best testament to him is the fact that there's so many people around the league that are um, saying similar things because he's. Unlike some other players around the league, I think he's just a bloke that people around the league love. No matter what team you come from, uh, support, play for, whatever, there's a lot of respect out there for Trav. And that's the player he is. That's the man he is. So cheers, Trav. I'm going to sink a beer to you. And hopefully um, this time tomorrow, I'll be sinking more beers, talking about you winning your 300th game. Let's fucking go. Trav, folk, 300. Take your pictures down.